morning and welcome to the Lunchtime Show here in Cam Glen Radio on 107.9 FM with me Derek McCutcheon with you for the next couple of hours through to one o'clock when it's time for the information station and they'll be in with all your local community news. We kicked off the show there with Zara Larson, You Love Who You Love and what's coming up in the show today? Well I'm really pleased to say that the, well, the, the show Dirty Water is on at the pavilion between the 13th and the 16th of March and I will be speaking to John and Joe from the show to find out all about it and how we can get tickets etc and it's part of the Glasgow Comedy Festival as well so I'm sure it'll be a bit of fun and also speaking to Aurora Engine who's our featured artist and potentially Jay from last night from Glasgow is going to pop in and tell us about their birthday party gig on Friday so a busy show today let's have another track then this is Andrew Eaton Lewis and this is The Start 
This is the start. The year your feet slow, but the world rushes in. Into your heart, into your heart. This is the start. A town, a home you never chose to be born in. And every exit, distant as the moon. The skin stretched too thin when the wounds are still raw. You've not learned, and the boundaries you don't draw. When you don't know where they stop and where you start, hanging there, hanging there. None of us got through this without scars. None of us got through this without scars. But this is just the start. This is just the start. Hanging there. Just. 
There you are, Andrew Eaton-Lewis there with This Is The Start, and that's a brand new single from him. Now, Dirty Water's coming to the Pavilion in March, and I'm pleased to welcome John and Joe. They're going to tell us all about it, of course. So, uh, well, first of all, let's, uh, John, let's ask you about uh, I Know A Guy Productions. Is that yourself, really? Yeah, yeah, well, that's... Um, so it's a company set, we set up. Um, I think Joe's a guy you know, so I'm always asking him to help me out with everything. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we basically set it up to just to kind of start doing our own shows. And we would do, you know, kind of small-scale plays just at local community centres, art centres. Uh, in fact, Dirty Water was the first play we did, wasn't, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And we'll just saying that on the way over, 2012... In fact, I, I looked at a photo today, May 9th, 2012 was our first rehearsal, and we looked a lot thinner and healthier <laughs> then, I can say that. And, uh, <laughs> I did two bellies less. And, um, you used to call him hair. Beefcake Joe back then, now he's Eat the Cake Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all saying, yeah, I'm the same, so uh, COVID wasn't good for me, and uh, I lost my hair a long time ago as well. <laughs> now... Um, is comedy is comedy a thing? Obviously, this is a, the comedy playing part of well, the comedy festival. Uh, I wouldn't say comedy is a thing. We, we've done a lot of dramatic plays as well, but uh, yeah, Dirty What was the first thing we did, and it's certainly the the the, the project that's grew the most. You know, so we went from you know just doing it in an art centre to going to the Fringe for a month. Uh, we we spent a month in Edinburgh doing a show nearly every day, uh, living in a flat ten years together. Uh, that was that was a great laugh, and then it progressed into doing a tour, some bigger venues, and then we were fortunate enough to get it turned into a TV series. Mm-hmm. So we had three episodes, which is still on the STV player, but only for a few more days. I think it was a year's contract, uh, and now we got to the Pavilion. So it's been it's been quite a journey, uh, and we've mm-hmm. and we've been together, the, the 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 main cast since the very beginning. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been a long road. And that was that was your first. That was the first then. production. It was the first thing I ever wrote because I was at film school when I came up with the idea. Uh, it was actually based on a cleaning company that Bob, who's in the show, mm. worked for. Uh, and once I came back to Glasgow, uh, we were doing a net. I went to a networking event where you can try out scripts. So I tried out two scenes from the pilot episode I wrote mm. at film school. And Joe, that's how I met Joe. He was there that night, uh, and we we when I seen it in front of a live audience, I was like, "Oh, that's a work as a play." Because I had a theatre background, mm-hmm. uh, and I said to Joe that night, "I went, this will work as a play. I'm going to write a play version." And that was kind of how it all started. And has it developed over the years? Then and we're here twelve years later. Then aren't yeah, I. I mean, the very first show was in Castle Milk. We ran it then. The youth, the youth centre. That was the very first time we put it mm. on. Uh, and they gave us a lot of good pointers, believe it or not, at the time. Um, or the, the st- the don't quit your day job. And that was the very first show. And then from there we went to Cotters. And then obviously it grew a bit more. And we decided, me and John went on this journey. And we took it to the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. Uh, which was for the full month. Which was quite ambitious, to be honest. But the show was actually quite successful ah, during yeah. that month. Quite Sold good very well. figures. Um, but it, it was initially four guy cleaners, yeah, wasn't it? Yep. And then um, through development, I think it was a, it was a, a meeting with the BBC she, or something, and yep. they suggested, well, what about if we had a female cleaner? And, you know, it works much better mm. with the dynamic. Um, it can so, take it in another further journey, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. So the characters really, so you've 
So you've got myself, so in the play, you've got myself, Jock, who's the team leader, and he's struggling to come to terms with being a dad for the first time and his situation where he is in life. Then um, you've got Bob. I don't know if I can say his nickname on the radio uh, at this time in the afternoon, but... Uh, Go for it. He's a <laughs> shagger. It <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't tell you why we call him the shagger then. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then you've got you've got Crawford, uh, who Joe plays. He's a man of, the, the man of wisdom, well, who doesn't have any wisdom, but he's like the guardian angel for the group. And then you've got Caitlin, who's like a quick-witted, chain-smoking voice of reason between us on. Uh, it's basically about the situations we get ourselves in now. But after a, a mountain number of complaints, the council are coming to have an inspection. So really all we need to do is mop floors and behave, but unfortunately things don't unfold that way and it gets a bit complicated, a little mental, and yeah, you'll be amazed at where the places this goes. You would think mopping floors would be simple. And just explain the, the type of cleaning it is then. So yeah, if you think of the high flats, so we beca- we're an independent cleaning company, we're contracted by the council to go around like closes and high flats to mm. mop the landings and the stairways. So that's the type of cleaning company we are. So we have interactions with, you know, residents that live there. And then, you know, we go to the pub every day after after the day's work as well the local uh, yep. and and when you set out and you started writing it was it based in was there, you know was it based aye. on anything that was kind of true ah yeah I would aye, I would certainly say there was a few situations it was based off of. in fact I remember the first time we did it cause I, I worked in a warehouse mm. and uh, I mean this is not in this play version but there was a, a thing in the car park and uh, I remember one of the boys come up to me and he said that was us I remember that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually you know and Crawford's character was based on a real person that Bob worked with, so yeah, it was certainly based on. But it's it's really just about how pals interact and yeah, could slag be each other. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they really support each other as well, as much as they rip each other to shreds now and sort of take the mic out of each other. But deep down, they would really yeah, stick team, up for one another. On. Aye, aye. And the Glasgow Comedy Festival, is that, is that why you've got it on just now to become part of that? Or? Yeah, I mean, we'd never done the Glasgow Comedy Festival. We did uh, the French Festival years ago, back in 2013. But uh, when we were speaking with the uh, Pavilion and we were talking about roundabout dates, and like, well, the Comedy Festival's on. Now, normally the Comedy Festival is really like stand up comedians. Yeah. Um, so we're probably one of the only, or one of the few, that's a comedy, you know, show, uh, play. So. Uh, yeah, really excited to do that. Uh, I'm not a stand-up comedian, so it's probably my only chance we'll get to do the comedy festival. But yeah, hopefully we get a, a good response. Uh, I would you know anticipate Glasgow audience is a good audience for comedy. So yeah, and uh, the, the classic venue, the Pavilion. I well, we've always wanted to do the Pavilion, yep. haven't we? Yeah, we've always That's felt that was the all the the big venues around. That was that was the one like um, it's more suited for a Pavilion audience, we'd say as well. Yeah, yeah, a bit of pretty smart. iconic theatre as well. Everybody knows the pavilion. So, and the, the old style fighters like the pavilion. That the audience is kind of top here, they're not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we've got squeaky bum time when that comes in March. Can <laughs> see how the audience reacts to it. Yeah, obviously. Well, at Christmas they bribe people with sweeties, and have you get many bags of sweeties? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Oh, we're going to ask. We need to think it out. Was a good one, eh? Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, well. So, 
tickets and that then? Or you obviously have a website? Yeah, yeah. So even just um, you can get tickets available at the Pavilion website, the Comedy Festival website. I mean, if even if you just Google Dirty Water, uh, the Pavilion, it will come up uh, easy enough. You can obviously buy at the box office. If, you know, the Pavilion box office, you can call in as well if you're not getting in on person. Uh, yeah, and aye, and we'll, you'll be able to find us quite easy. And... Um, the TV, I flicked in last night, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I was I was, I was, was busy last night, I was in here actually, and then I went home and I thought, I'm just going to get into that STV player and I found it there, so I, I, it's another week or two. It's yeah, there, no, in fact, it's only a couple more days on, cause, so it was it was a year's contract, it runs out the end of February, so it's only a couple more days, but there's only three episodes, uh, I think the first episode will really kind of find their feet, but episodes two and three, yeah. you know. The first episode distinguishes the characters really, and then yeah. the the other two episodes are a bit more playful and there's more happening, a lot more action and they get into a lot more kind of situations that they need to try and get out of it, to be honest. Um, so the, the first episode just introduces everyone, really. Uh, it's a bit of a slow burner to the other two. Are yeah. Quite but I think pace. the other two, you start to see a bit more of the kind of wacky side of things. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the second episode's a, a Frinro, but it's a Stars in Your Eyes themed Frinro. Uh, and uh, the third episode, we find a dead body where I went in scratch card. There's a quandary. Yeah. That gives us all a bit of a dilemma, uh, which, as you can imagine. And then the, the police get involved, and uh, yeah, we don't really like it. We don't get too much away about it because that's like a, a more action episode. It's like, mm. you know, we'll, we'll chase, try to cash it and then lose it and then try to. F- get it back and it's just a bit mental and are these in, in the show as well no so no the, the, the plays are completely you know it's all new jokes it's nothing you would have seen on the, the TV episodes but it's the same characters yeah. you know so people want a taster then get in quick yeah get in quick I mean it will certainly it'll be re-released on another platform I don't have that confirmed yet but it'll be right. released soon and we're hoping we're you know we're working on getting a, a full season Commissioned. Hopefully that happens. We have a bit of luck if the show goes well. If we can get some some Glasgow support, come come see us. Uh, if that all goes well, hopefully that'll that'll launch us on to doing oh, another uh, TV show. I mean, we yep. keep saying to each other, oh, just a bit. We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, you've got to say it's been a success. You know, if you're 12 years down the line, you're still doing it. You've done the fringe and all these things, so it's been a success. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's some days we should have listened to that Castlemont Youth audience. I've got to say, it's been really a good journey. There's been a lot happened along the way, obviously, and uh, a big learning curve in every sort of sense, but it's really been enjoyable as well. I've got to say, it's great that the same people keep coming yeah. back to it as well. Yeah. You know, um, so it's, that's got to be something to, uh, I would say, about John's writing. They're all coming back willing to perform in it as well. And you must enjoy it. I mean, we're talking about teams as as in the play, you know, yeah. but yourselves, if you've all stuck together and you're still doing this, you must enjoy that. Yeah, yeah no, we have, we have. You could probably write a story about the <laughs> time just in Edinburgh alone. We all stayed in the one flat, and yeah. that was. Um, Pretty hectic, and that was a wee bit older at that time when I think about it compared to the rest of them. And then yeah. all the mad things that happens when something goes wrong on stage as well. Uh, brilliant. I mean, I'll never forget. It was uh, we're doing a show, right? So we're doing a show, right? And and the scene is it's, it's Bob and Crawford mopping away, and uh, Crawford's supposed to 
gave him a bit of advice, right? He's supposed to say, listen, Bo, my dad taught me two things in life, right? And gave him a bit of advice. So there's just silence on the stage and I'm backstage. I'm like, why is there silence? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and they two are just mocking and nobody's speaking. I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, so Bob's obviously realised he's not got a clue. He's lost it. Right? So Bob's trying to help him. He's like, um, uh, Crawford, um, do you maybe have any advice for me? And he's like, no. So now Bob's like, I'm always like, um, Crawford, I mean, you sure? I mean, did maybe your dad never give you any advice you could give me? And he's like, Oh, hi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, most important thing was a stayed in character. Uh, but, uh, I can see the fear but, running but, out of Bob's face. He's like, how am I going to get in this? You know, that makes things as well. No. And here in the radio, you know, people get a bit upset if they, they make a mistake and have it. It's, it's real life then, you know, it makes it you know, worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'd, so have a great time. If it's break a leg, I guess. Aye, oh, yeah. don't say that. There's a lot of stairs on the way out here. And the pavilion's quite stays deep as well. Uh, have you, do you go in and do a dress rehearsal then? Is yeah, that so yet? we'll be in the week of the show. Uh, we'll get the this, this set constructed and then we'll you know, have our tech rehearsal and yeah. run through it all and then, you know, ask ourselves why the hell do we get ourselves into these things but yeah and how sure many cast and crew then how about does it oh, there's, like? a big, there's a big cast there's nine cast you got a director mm. a few techs so it's like so quite a big team um, but it's been yeah. a lot of fun rehearsals has mm. been and well, we said the 12th to the 16th is that all evening performances then uh, well it's actually the 14th um, so it was supposed 14th. to be the 13th was like a, initially did a knock on but yeah so uh We've got two shows on the Saturday as well. Right. So, yeah, they're evening shows, but it's the Saturday's a matinee, and we've got a matinee at 2.30. Yeah. So anyone who likes to get the show in early before they go out for their night out. And if you look beyond that, what you're going to do as a company or anything? Well, yeah, I mean, we we have a few other projects in development now, some other plays um, that we're hoping to bring out next year. Uh, and we've got, we're working on a film as well. Is right now we need to wait and see what happens with Dirty Water here as if hopefully we're going to get that commission to move on but if that doesn't happen yeah no we have a few other things in, in development so I guess we'll we'll just need to keep slogging away yeah and watch this and well you've got, uh, you've got a Facebook page as well which I noticed so. yeah Facebook and Instagram Instagram's at Anoa Guy Productions and Facebook's just at Dirty Water Dirty Water and official, yeah. I, I wrote down and, and I, missed, I missed it at the start there. I know a guy. How did that become the name? Or something oh, do you know like how that, that came about? Uh, that was actually, it was me and my friend Joe and another Joe. We were at tea in the park and it was like a joke. And people kept asking for stuff and I was like, it's okay, I know a guy. And I was kidding, I was putting <laughs> off a phone. And I remember we were, we were watching, I can't remember what band it was. And uh, everybody was shouting one more tune. So he was like, John, can you get it? And we come back out. I was like, hold on, I know a guy. And I was kidding on, it was phoning. I was like, yep, yep. And I hung up the phone. He says, they're just coming. And right on cue, they walked out. And it looked. So it was just like a running joke at Tina Park and always stuck with us. And so when I started um, the production company, I was like, I know a guy, productions. Were you not um, working at Tina Park at that point? I was working at mm. Tina Park. And, mm. and I guess because a lot of the stuff we've, we've pulled together and made mm. is. It's not been funded. We've always pulled it together, just like through community help and support and stuff like that. So I guess it's fitting because we always see me have to know someday to try and. <laughs> I mean, say what now? Tina Park, were you doing production stuff, or were you just one of the guys that was standing there watching the bands? I was one of the guys standing watching <laughs> the bands. I. <aye. laughs> yeah. Right, 
I've, oh, thanks for coming in. And obviously, if you do start further stuff down the line, you know where we are, and definitely come Aye. in to tell us about it. You know, and we'll oh, see that'd what, be great. Uh, we'll see what we can do about promoting stuff for you and, and good luck with it. And thanks okay. for having us in. Thanks uh, for having us in, Derek. Yeah, Cheers. now you mentioned now about David Bowie. I've got a Callum Bowie here. See, this is brand oh. new single for him. This is We Are the River. Back when I was younger, all I really had to know was how late could I stay up, how far could I skip a stone? Life was easy. Oh, you had it easy. I remember lighting fires down by the river deep. We were drinking cans of cider, bought them with a fake ID, and life was easy. us along We are the river Always thirsting for the sea We are the season Changing colours on the breeze We are the reason And we're always gonna be If we keep moving on We are the river I've been driving down the back roads In the middle of the day I take time out in the shallows when I've got nothing to say And I'll be wading out into the deeper water when I know it's time to leave When you come with me, I know there's more to come The current pushes us along Lunchtime.
And I could eulogize About the way you look in the red light You're a killer And it's a thrill of pain Tell me why, tell me why Do you feel the need to run me through the ringer When I'm hooked, line and single Just as simple as it looks Don't need a sermon 
That was Emma Pollock there with Dark Skies, and before that was James Arthur with Bittersweet Love. Time for this. Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. If you're eligible for flu or COVID-19 vaccines but not had them yet, there are drop-in centres available across Lanarkshire with high levels of both viruses, including new variants. The NHS recommends you get vaccinated if you've been invited to. More information can be found at NHS. Lanarkshire.scot.nhs.uk forward slash COVID hyphen 19 hyphen vaccine hyphen centres forward slash. I'm sure if you go to the NHS Lanarkshire website, you'll find it there. Eros Musical Society are delighted to present 9 to 5, the musical based on the motion picture of the same name with the fabulous music and lyrics of Dolly Parton. And the book written by Patricia Resnick, 9 to 5, the musical, is a side-splitting high-energy story of friendship and revenge. Set in the chauvinistic atmosphere of the early 1970s America, the story centres on three female office workers. See the popular production at East Kilbride Village Theatre from the 59th of March. Tickets start from £20 and can be bought by calling 01355 248 and finally, concerned about recent youth disorder in Rutherglen, join Neighbourhood Watch Catherine and Spring Hall and work with the police to deter antisocial behaviour and to help with the two neighbourhoods becoming become a registered Neighbourhood Watch area. For more information, contact Barry Cathy at barrycathy01 at gmail.com. Cathy is spelt C-A-T-H-I-E 01 at gmail.com for more information. If you have an event or activity happening in Campus Lang or Rutherglen, let us know. Email whatson at camglenradio.org. And for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local. It's up and it's down 
the bluebells there from their last album that was daddy was an engineer and if you enjoyed that you should be listening to brian Byrne on a friday night here at cam glen radio between six and eight with his music in the key of life show and that's the kind of thing you will hear there now coming up right after this we'll have uddingston band the duels with mama said radio is an amazing medium it can inspire entertain inform and connect people This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do and it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. Her house alone again. 
Until you can't jump out hey, hey, 
rolled aside with the man. Now it's clear Dave's on a different channel. But now the lights set Fred, Van Morrison and Ian Brown instead. While the Godfathers of punk are masking up. Damn lies, it's just so disappointing. Now we're the boy on the front. Turn the temperature up. Till our skins fall off. Oh, when we jump out. Hey, hey, look at the boy on the Spooner there with the boiled frog, and before that was the duels from Uddingston with their, I think it's their debut, that is a Mama Said. Now, remember, stay tuned, and we'll be speaking to Aurora Engine, our featured artist, get the chance to hear a couple of tracks from the new album, Secret Knock, and uh, she'll tell us why that is the title of the album as well. But here is Calvin Harris and Rag and Bone Man, and this is Lovers in a Past Life. Patience feels like I've been waiting for a lifetime. Lightning to strike me Daydreams Feels like I've been sending out the signals Hoping that you'll find me I don't need the details You don't need to tell me It's like I already know where you'll be You and me
Lunchtime on Cam Glen Radio. Underneath the covers, the cover up and undercover love. So leave us with the lights out. Underneath the covers, the cover up and undercover love. So leave us with the lights out.
That was Mickey Nines there with Waves of Love and before that it was Calvin Harris and Rag and Bone Man, Lovers in a Past Life. Here, we'll take you back to 1984 with Alison Moy and this is All Crimes.
just after 12 noon, so time for this. Well, I took the dog out for a walk this morning. It was horrible, the weather, but I don't know if it's looking a bit better now. So let's see what the official weather forecast is here in Rutherglen and Cambus Lang. It's 10 degrees at the moment. So it's a high today of 10 degrees, so that's as good as it's getting. And a low of 2 degrees. Uh, it's just now there's a bit of cloud and sunshine. And from 1 o'clock, it looks as though there's a 50% chance of rain. It's going to brighten up a bit better in the afternoon. Tomorrow, not looking much better as well. 75% chance of rain with a high of 11 degrees. Here's Lewis Capaldi with Strangers. We were strangers at the bar They were playing Wonderwall I overheard you say you hate this song Next thing I knew, I'm walking over Came and tapped you on your shoulder Said, my dear, you're not the only one Spent the night there at my place That night became a hundred days And I shared all my deepest secrets with you Soon enough, well, I found out You're something I can't live without And every time I close my eyes, I miss you And I know I waited all my life just to fall For someone like you In the blink of an eye, it all fell through I can't even lie I'm not doing well Waking up without Sleeping by myself Alone in our room All your stuff is gone Yeah, I'm standing still here While you're moving on When my world would tear into You were who I to Now I can't even call Or call you my friend Oh darling, it's strange Cause you and I are strangers All over again Hearts are missing, heads are blaze, the nights become the start of days, and I've been drinking just to get me through. It's funny how you love someone, and when it's over, said and done, it's almost like you never even knew. And I know I waited all my life just to fall for someone like you. In the blink of an eye, yeah, it all fell. I can't even lie, I'm not doing well Waking up without you, sleeping by myself Alone in our room, all your stuff is gone Yeah, I'm standing still here while you're moving on When my world would tear into You were who I ran to Now I can't even call or call you my friend Oh darling, it's strange I'll be waiting all my life for someone like you I can't even lie, I'm not doing well Waking up without you, sleeping by myself Alone in our room, all your stuff is gone Yeah, I'm standing still here while you 
There you are, that was Lewis Capaldi there with Strangers. Now, our featured artist this week here in Cam Glen Radio is at Aurora Engine, and Aurora has just released a new album, Secret Knock, self-released, but it's available on vinyl, so do check it out. And she popped in last year and played for us live here in the studio with, with her harp as well. But let's have her tell us all about the, the new album. But first here is Miniature Self, which she played here live at Cam Glen Radio. This is the studio version.
that was Aurora Engine there with Miniature Self, and I'm pleased to welcome back Aurora Engine. Welcome. Hello, hiya. Yeah, and we spoke last June, and uh, you played live for us as well with your your small harp. Yeah, I did, absolutely, uh-huh. <laughs> small harp, it was, I don't know, is it a five foot tall or something? Yeah, the small, well, it's uh, it's not quite that big, but it's, it's certainly, yeah, it's not a flute, is it? <laughs> yeah, and we spoke about the album then i believe in some of the tracks but it's out now yeah mm-hmm. people don't realize that these things take time so when did you start working on the album oh my goodness um i mean i probably i'd, I'd been sort of sketching the songs for for a few years really uh, but i really started working on the recording and the production probably during lockdown actually you know when we had that big chunk of time and that's when i first started really developing a lot of the sound work and um just really sort of finalising the concepts and the ideas that I had before then going into sort of um, the studio to properly record them. So I guess I was just sketching on my own at that point, yeah. yeah. Where did you record it? Well, I started at home because obviously we were um, in isolation. Mm. So, uh, which I guess led to a lot of the production work on the album because at that time, um, for obviously for, for reasons that we all know, we weren't able to get out and interact with um with wider audiences and and other musicians. But also for me, I was coming at the to the end of a period of sort of five years of single parenthood where I had been looking after my wee girl. And I found it really hard to make music in that time, Mm. Um, you know, to be able to go out and work with other musicians and and be part of ensembles. So I started sort of, but I started developing the sound work then. So, but in my head, it was the sound was quite big on the album and I really wanted to experiment with sound. So I did that by using my own instruments and basically sampling them and creating quite big um, sounds from from that. So, for example, I took the piano and I put pins in the piano to get different textures. And then I sampled that and created that into a soundscape. I also sort of banged on the on the strings and used beaters on the strings just to sort of make this sort of landscape sound out of the instruments that I had and then so I started doing all of that at home and then I went into a studio which I've got a little studio in Leith and I started really recording it and and getting all of these ideas into a a more coherent state Um, and then I worked with a producer called Ben Seal who is up in Fife and um, worked in his studio just to sort of mix the album and add the final, final finishing touches to them. Do you think it would have existed then without COVID? Yes, I think it would have existed, but I don't know if it would have evolved in the same way. Um, or from from me having that sort of period of isolation as a single parent, you know, I think if I'd had, had access to other musicians at the time to be able to go out and gig in the sort of, um, in the more traditional sense, it might have developed differently. You know, maybe I would have used more instrumentation, um, but it really allowed me to sort of develop as a producer and a sonic artist as well as a songwriter. Um, so I think that that was quite an organic process that you know came from a situation that I was in, and I think that really I, I feel that that brought something to the album that maybe wouldn't have been there. Probably spoke about this last year, but Aurora Engine. You know, how did that become? the name if you like it's a a solo project then yeah it's a solo project so so basically I was working as a gigging musician as as so many other people are I was playing weddings I was uh, teaching and then I was creating this music that was sort of very ethereal uh, experiment experimenting with different sounds it was progressive sort of fusing electronica and songwriting together 
And I wanted to create a space for that to grow that was away from the other things that, that I was doing. And it actually started as a band. Aurora Engine was a band and um, it was Aurora's engine. But then for <laughs> various reasons, I think uh, somebody had a baby and somebody else left in it. It was just me. So I changed it to Aurora Engine. And Aurora sort of had this feeling of, I don't know, I guess that that be the beautiful northern lights that everybody chases, this, this uh, alluring world that we all want to see and feel like we sometimes can't see. Um, and Engine was really to reflect the electronic side of what I was doing. And I'm from a very industrial town in um, County Durham, which is Sheldon, which is famous for steam engines. And um, there used to be a big wagon works there and they would work on engine and we've got a lot of engine sheds sort of around there still. So it was kind of just a little bit of a nod to, I guess, my heritage. And but we played it with Miniature Self, which was the single last year. And I think you played yeah. that live in the studio, if I remember correctly, as well. Yeah. So tell us about that one. Yeah, so Miniature Self, um, I guess all of the songs have kind of got um, narrators in them that are perhaps just a little bit unsatisfied with life, not perhaps achieving or developing in the way that they'd, they'd like to. And Minish Yourself really is about something that I noticed. Um, it's quite a personal song, something that I noticed in myself that I sometimes make myself smaller in order to feel comfortable. You know, so this could be and this could be just in the way you present yourself, uh, the way you put your opinions forward. I noticed that this was something that was present in quite a lot of women that I grew up with at a similar age and a similar background, you know, coming from that sort of working class town of County Durham. I don't think it's just it's just about being from County Durham. I think it's something that women often do um, quite subconsciously, actually. So in the song, the um, the protagonist sort of reflects on that state of how how difficult it can actually be sometimes to sort of rein yourself in and keep yourself small and keep your opinions small. And then she grows and grows and grows and imagine what the world would be if she if she grew bigger. So that's what the song's kind of about, yeah. And when we spoke last year as well about some of the other songs, and I've wrote down here eclectic. Now, I normally talk about eclectic music, but eclectic <laughs> and subject matter, I think, because, you know, you're reflecting many different things. So what kind of subject matter do you? Yeah, know? well, I guess, that, like I said, this, this album's, a selection of songs really from quite different perspectives, from quite different characters, a series of, I guess, troubled narrators that, you know, um, are going on some sort of journey. So, for example, in one track, there's an imaginary, is it about an imaginary friend, which is Kenya, and it's about this imaginary friend that comes to life. Um, there's a track on there about, um, which is actually set in my hometown, which is kind of like a, a fight scene. That it's, it's like a, a development in the afternoon of drinking and how it develops into a fight. So there's quite a story in that. Um, and it's about childhood and sort of how um, we exist as adults in the place that we came from as a child. Wow. That's called the Ice Pop Shop. There's also a song about um, a porn star, which is called Roxy Rider. And um, there's also a song about the, that was actually based on a little bit on Maya Angelou, who's a writer that I'm really inspired by. And that's called Louder in the Dark. And that was really it was kind of also a reflection on my journey as a single parent and losing my own creative voice through that time. But it, the song also reflects on uh, Maya Angelou, who obviously is a famous poet, a famous writer, and her selective mutism that she developed after a really tragic incident when she was a child. And um, it was really about listening to her an interview about how she came through that and how this sort of four years of just listening and not speaking allowed her to absorb so much and then 
when she did find a voice that it was louder than she'd ever believed it could be. So there's, yeah, so there's a lot in there in terms of lyric. But a bit of yourself and all of that, I guess, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you have to put a bit of yourself into into everything you write. I think that in order for um, a piece of writing, whether it be, you know, prose, poetry, music, I think there has to be an element of vulnerability in there in order for it to, you know, be really communicative, I guess, and to connect with audiences. That's something that I feel is quite important. So, um, yeah, there's definitely pieces of me throughout. <laughs> and for the musicianship then, is it all you? There's nobody else involved? Um, pretty, a lot of it's me, but no, I used a string uh, trio, which was Emma Lloyd, uh, Justina Jablonska and Julia Lungu. And uh, Ben Seal also played bass and did some back and vocals. Um, and I also collaborated with a sound recordist who's Chris Watson, who's um, who works on a lot of Nick nature documentaries. He's worked with Attenbury. He's worked with some quite amazing people on one of the tracks to create some of the soundscapes, which um, we did on a beach, and um, we allowed the wind to play the harp. So if you're on a windy beach and you happen to be with a harpist, <laughs> you might notice that the sometimes the wind catches the strings and it creates this really sort of beautiful, ethereal, almost angelic sound when you're not touching the harp, but the wind's playing that sound, uh, playing the harp and creating these, these just wonderful tones. So we recorded those and, um, and also some of the sounds of the sea, and we embedded that into one of the tracks as well. And you mentioned some of the experimental stuff as well. So was that all done at home and then you were pretty prepared to go to the studio or did you, were you doing some I'm not gonna I know what do I say messing about but experimenting in the studio as well yeah no there was definitely when I got to the studio things developed so I went in with a handful of sort of well-constructed ideas mm. but it's amazing when you do get in the studio and you start working on things I think it's that um, that old saying of like the brush takes the next stroke you know when you start working on it you'll just have an idea to go off on a tangent uh, or sometimes this is one of the things that I really love. It's like an accident happens. <laughs> and it's um, so, for example, in when I was creating some of the sort of quite big landscape piano pieces, I was putting these pins in to change the texture of all of the notes. It creates this really beautiful bell like sound. And then I happened to record like pulling the pin out, which sort of created this sort of quite nice scraping sound. And um, and I really liked that sound, you know, that was totally accidental. And I ended up weaving that into one of the soundscapes as well. So I think there's just, yeah, happy accidents happen sometimes. And it's really nice to embrace them and bring them in. <laughs> when you're songwriting, then, do you, how do you do it? Do you sit with the keys or, or do you have the harp out? Or how, how's it done for you? You know, it's a bit of a mix for me. Like, I, I tend to find that song ideas for songs um come from come to me when I'm not able to process them so for example they come to me when I'm doing something else yeah. um I, I think it was Neil Gaiman I was reading a book about his view on creativity and he calls ideas weeds and that they'll just come up when sometimes you least want them re least expecting them but they'll keep sprouting up until you take note of them and I think yeah for that period when I was a single parent and obviously had a lot of care and responsibilities to a, to a tiny baby I didn't I wasn't able to sit down and write but that's when all of these sounds and just an idea for a lyric would come so I just note everything down as I'm going you know just writing things on little notebooks uh, making voice recordings collecting snippets and then 
I would dedicate myself to just, you know, maybe even just an hour a day of writing time where I'll sit at the piano, sit at the harp. Sometimes I would just find like one sound that I really liked and sit at the computer and just, you know, develop that. So it's a really mixed bag for me, I think. I don't think I have a, I don't think I have a set pattern. But what I do think brought my writing on has brought my writing on a lot is making a dedicated time and space to write. Yeah. And I think for single parents, it's that is really hard you know because there is so much going on and I think at that time uh, just creating at the time I did an hour a day which sometimes was a bit ambitious sometimes I do half an hour but actually just putting that time aside where I could actually just sit and I would set a, a timer and that was my hours writing and you know I'd put the bear in front of the telly or something so I wouldn't be interrupted that's the only time I wouldn't be interrupted is if she had a screen in front of her and that you know obviously evokes quite a lot of guilt so um that really brought my writing on quite a lot Obviously, the album, we spoke about how it took some time and it's out there just now. Have you started thinking about, are you writing again? Have you started thinking about the future? Yes, I have. I mean, I've I've been very lucky to just have had, you know, various opportunities over the last year to sort of develop new work. Um, I've been doing some work for Screen, um, Live Score and some old films from sort of 1927 to 1940. And I also have created a series of electroacoustic uh, nature inspired work so it's kind of a response to Scottish landscape and wildlife and that was that's been really fun so I've been for example sampling beehives and collecting the sounds from that I've been working a lot with birdsong um, water using hydrophones to create a sort of another sonic world which is much more related to nature and, and the earth so I'm in the process of weaving that now into an album and um, hopefully it won't take as long. <laughs> are you doing that locally? Or, I mean, obviously Scotland's got some beautiful scenery and some beautiful places to go. Have you done further afield? Yeah, I have. I mean, um, a lot of it started in Edinburgh because, again, it was just restrictions as to where I could go. Um, but I've done some work sort of down in the borders on the beaches there. Um, I was up in Loch Ness and... Um, and I've been over to Loch Lomond as well. I've tried to create a piece that's sort of collecting the sounds of water from different different parts of Scotland. So sort of this idea of bringing things together sonically that can't be together physically. I really like that idea. And um, I've not ventured further north yet. Oh, no, so I did a little bit of, um, of just recording of trees in Inverness. But, um, yeah, I'd like to get out and about and expand a little bit more. Um in, in location but that's come together really nicely and um yeah I guess it's just about now how to present that into into a new album and yeah and perform it but it's one step at a time <laughs> yeah of course when I speak to musicians that are from the highlands and islands and you know the more the more rural places nature's always reflected in what they do you know when, when you ask them or 99% of the time you know the their environment has you know an, an impact on their music yeah, absolutely. And I think I've been sort of really interested in how we can as musicians sort of respond to the climate crisis. Uh-huh. And my way of doing that has been by trying to de- deepen my connection with nature through through my work, which I think, um, and I've been sort of running some workshops for younger people as well, where they're able to do that. So interact with sounds, listen to what's going on, because I think it's, I think if we deepen our relationship with nature, it then inspires um, us to take care of it more. Yeah. 
especially for young people, I think, you know, who maybe live in cities, who, you know, spend a lot of time out of nature. Um, I think it's, I think just deepening that connection is is a really good thing to do. And young people, I, well, I'm reflecting back, seem more engaged with the world around them than they did the Maddie. You know, you were too busy occupied at playing football in the street, you know, and, and I guess, yeah. you know, society's changed. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was lucky to have received some funding from Made in Scotland Showcase to present that work in the Fringe, which I did last year. And now I'm just sort of developing it into a, a slightly bigger show, which is going to be touring hopefully um, the end of this year. And and then from that will be an album. Um, and I'd like to say it's going to be next year, but... Who knows? Good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're recording this, so it's going to go out next week, which reflects yeah. on my next points. But you had the launch in Edinburgh last week. How was that yeah. for you? Oh, it was wonderful. It was really, really wonderful. So I did it at the Wee Red Bar, which is in, within the Arts College. Um, I had some live strings on stage with me and um, some choral singers. So it was really nice to sort of be able to play and create a, a much bigger sound. Um, but I also um, I'm taking a lot of the sounds that I've developed on the album on tour with me now. So, for example, all of the sounds that I've created and collected from pianos that you'll hear on the album, hopefully, if you go and listen to it, I've I've programmed so that I've got a selection of sort of synthesizers that I can trigger live. So, as well as playing the piano or playing the harp, I'm also triggering and manipulating the sounds that are on the album live. So it's creating this quite sort of um, yeah, this quite big electronic sound. Wow. which I'm then playing the songs alongside. So it was really nice to just give that all a run out. I uh, had really good audience, really good feedback. Yeah, but it was really nice. To, it felt like a little bit of a milestone to actually get out and perform it. And Because, um, you know, obviously there's so many musicians, especially, I guess, through the pandemic, create things without performance in mind. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it was just, performance was something that was just removed from the equation for a while and when I came to think then oh gosh you know I've created this sonic world how am I going to bring this to audiences you know that's been a challenge um you know it, it's easier just to turn up and play the piano and sing or play the harp and sing so bringing all of those electronic elements has been yeah it's been a lot of work um but it was definitely worth it and I'm looking forward to sort of taking them out now onto the road and I guess the performances to support the album so you want to be true to the album as well don't you exactly and um i think that a lot of the comments and uh, you know the feedback on the album is that people really enjoy that sonic world that i've created i think it's quite intimate i think it's quite communicative i think it's um i think it it, it seems to appeal to a certain audience anyway and I just feel like, yeah, being as true as I can to the album is is really important. Um, and I was really, you know, I got I got a review just yesterday from Electronic Sound magazine, which I was really pleased to to have because it's sort of, it, I think it's really hard to put a genre title to the album because there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of influences and, um, but it was really nice for the album to be recognised as a piece of electronic work. Um, and so getting that review was really nice because it sort of puts it in a certain place that will hopefully attract certain audiences. I think it takes you to a different place, you know, listening to your tracks and that is, takes you out of your body. But it does, it definitely for me, it feels as though it's taking you to a different place. 
Yeah, no, that's that's so lovely to hear. Yeah, a, a few people have said that it's quite transportative and that it does yeah, take you on a little bit of a journey. And I guess all of these characters that I've created and um, are going on their own journey. So it's nice. It's nice to have that feedback. Yeah. Tomorrow night's Newcastle. Is that kind of like a hometown gig for you as well? Yes, it is. I mean, I'm not from Newcastle. I'm from a little bit further south than that, but I spent a lot of time there. And I did, um, you know, from from being about 17 up until, you know, being in my late 20s, I did a lot of gigging around there. And I still have a lot of friends and a lot of musical friends down there. So uh, I've got two friends supporting me, um, which is Catherine Stevens and Caroline Mary. And um, Catherine's performing with a bass player called Paul Granger. And yeah, it's it's going to be really nice to connect with those musicians that were there at the beginning of the journey, wow. and um, and also there's quite a few, you know quite a lot. Of my family are able to come because the, it's not too far away, so it's going to be nice. It's going to be a nice, intimate night. And the Cumberland Downs is a great venue. If you happen to be in Newcastle, you should definitely go there. So that's a way post gigs time. So so how was it? <laughs> oh yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. The crowd went wild. Yeah. <laughs> The, the album title is Secret Knock, and I, I'm sure we spoke about this last year, but how is Secret or why is Secret Knock the title? Um, so Secret Knock is actually in one of the lyrics of one of the songs. I'm not going to tell you which one because you can, uh, yeah, hopefully your listeners will now just rush out and have a listen. Um, but it's, I think it was just about, again, like creating this world that was that was mine, that was true to me, that I'd created. And that I think a lot of musicians do when they create, they create um, they create their own little sonic space. And it was about how we communicate with each other. And I guess having a secret knock is to allow us to then enter each other's world. And um, I just had this idea that, yeah, having a secret knock just opens up you to like-minded people. Uh-huh. Now you mentioned um, later in the year, You've got another project on the go, but as as far as Secret Knock goes, have you any other live plans? Is there anything else coming up? Yeah, well, I'm currently planning a tour. Um, I've got a few dates in um, that are not quite confirmed yet, but hopefully over the next sort of six months, I'm going to be touring um, as much as I can. Um, because it's just, yeah, there's been so much that's gone into production work it's just really nice to actually get out and play it now. And I think that that'll, I think bringing it to audiences, it also helps you to clarify what what works and what really works and what maybe doesn't work so much and, and really helps to create um, a good vision for what you'll do next, you know? And I think um, having the audience response is really important to that. Not that I write for audiences, but I do value the connection. You know, so I write. I write what comes to my head, and I don't think about how people are going to respond to it. But it's it's important to me how people respond to it in some ways. You know, yeah, you want people to connect with it, don't you? Even if it's yes, they their own understanding of it, which is maybe not quite what you're putting out there. You know, I guess if the connection's there, then that's important. That's that's what I think I'm getting at. Yeah, it's about the connection. I mean, I do, I create to connect. Really, Um, I mean, a lot of musicians do I believe even if you're creating in isolation I think you're doing it to connect in some way so I think that yeah it would be I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to getting that feedback hopefully it's positive available in all formats including vinyl then so are you self-releasing 
yeah, self-releasing. So it's on Bandcamp. Um, you can obviously stream it on platforms. I've got copies of, I've got white, a beautiful white vinyl and uh, and also very beautiful black vinyl um, that are on, on sale currently on my website. Um, so you can order it on there. And yeah, you can download on Bandcamp. And there's something special about listening to vinyl and just the physical having it in your hands. But I guess the, with the ethereal sound as well, you know, having that in vinyl, I, I guess that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is really nice. It's so different. I mean, we play it in the flat sometimes and it does sound slightly different, I think. Um, but I think the album's also, it's. I would definitely encourage you to listen with headphones um, because I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of effects and things that sometimes you know through speakers get a little bit lost. And um, my partner actually hadn't listened to it through headphones properly, and he he listened to it just a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, "I didn't hear this before. Oh, I didn't hear that before. Oh, wow, what's that? You know?" And it was just interesting to think somebody who's heard the album a lot, you know, because I've been playing it quite a lot um, in various formats over the last three or four years. It was quite interesting to hear how he'd missed certain things. Um, and I think that's just the, just the nature of audio work and sound work. So I would recommend, um, yeah, obviously I'd recommend buying a vinyl and also just listening on headphones. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time out again and doing this for us. Looking oh, forward to seeing you. what your projects are further down the line. And you know where we are and you know you can come in and do a live performance again sometime. As yes. Well, if you wish. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to. Thank you again for having me. Thanks so much. What shall we play out with? How about Kenya? Kenya. Well, she did, you performed that live in the studio for yeah. us. Yeah. Tells that's it. That's what I thought. Kenya, that's your imaginary friend. Yeah, that's the imaginary friend. And that that one was just played on Six Music, actually, a couple of times last week. Um, it was a favourite of Tom Robinson, who's heard a few of the tracks, and that was the one he picked. And um, I think that, yeah, there's something magical, I guess, about that track that people seem to comment on. So I think that would maybe be a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> Deb, should I introduce it? Yeah, this is Kenya.
closely nest forever your tiny hand in mine I won't be lonely I won't be frightened I won't be lonely I won't be frightened I won't be lonely I won't be lonely I won't be frightened I won't be lonely I won't be frightened I won't be lonely I won't be frightened he won't be lonely he won't be Road Engine there, uh, their featured artist talking about the new album Secret Knock and hopefully Debs will come back in and play live for us again as she did last year at some point in the studio. Now Michelle's joined us here in the studio and she's going to help me with this. Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. Hi, Women in the Woods is a group focused on supporting participants' mental health and well-being, reducing social isolation and connecting to the nature. Their programme of activities is designed to build well-being, skills and confidence and connect with nature. Referrals can be made via a community group, health organisations or your GP if they're supporting you with managing your mental your mental health. To find out more, email cathaurbanroots.org.uk or sam at urbanroots.org.uk. And a new winter health hub has been launched by NHS Lanarkshire, designed to help Lanarkshire residents access a wide range of healthcare services this winter. The online hub provides a centralised portal outlining the healthcare options available to help people to seek the right care in the right place. The hub can be accessed by going to nhslanarkshire.scot.nhs.uk forward slash your dash health forward slash winter dash health forward slash or you can access the website on NHS Lanarkshire. And finally, Cambus Lang Credit Union offers savings and loans to the local community. You can become a member and build your savings or borrow for that unexpected bill. Visit them at 260 Main Street, Cambus Lang, just next to the train station. They're open on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, 9.30 to 1.30pm, or the last Saturday of the month, 10am to noon. Call them on 0141 641 0 for more information. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> That's you started your Cam Glen journey now. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> now, um, 
Let's do this. If you have an event or activity happening in Cambus Lang or Rutherglen, let us know. Email what's on at camglenradio.org. And for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local.
That was uh, Blow Monkeys there with a Stranger to Me Now. Now let's speak to Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, uh, you're no stranger to Cam Glen Radio because you've been in here before and spoken about various local things that are going on, partly through the Community Council and that as well. But you're, we've recruited you. I know, I know, finally. I think, no, you're right, Derek, I've been coming in here for years and I was just saying that to Tam. I said, I've been coming in, getting interviewed for years and the last time I came in, I thought, I want to sit on the other side. Yeah, no, no, and that's great. And and you've still got that community-focused head on you as well because I know that you want to... Tell, well, tell us what your show's going to look like. Well, I've, who knows what it'll look like, but this is this is some of the ideas that I've got. The theme, the basic theme of the show will, is based around well-being. And well-being can be quite broad. It covers mental well-being, physical well-being and emotional well-being. So the show that I envisage uh, for that is basically anything that I can do to promote health and well-being. So that could look like uh, I'd like to visit some of the local groups across Rutherglen and Cambuslang, groups that are all working uh, to promote health and, and provide uh, as much opportunities for good health and well-being. So I'd like to go and, and, and interview some, some people in the groups to ask them what they're doing, uh, how often they meet, and, and how that particular group supports their health and well-being. So, yeah, there's lots of groups uh, across Rutherglen and Cambus Lang. There's a lot of groups that people don't know about. Um, so I'd like to share that information. I'd also like to share maybe some excerpts from some audio books uh, and maybe some some nice health and well-being music uh, and just general music as well that's uplifting. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I've got in my mind and hopefully hopefully you know that will be manifested and I'll be able to be able to do that on a weekly basis on Cam Glen Radio. And you're in the midst of training just now and obviously you've got to familiarise yourself with some of the equipment and different things and I guess if you're going to go out in the out in the wide world and doing interviews and that as well, there's some skills to, to get a hold of then, but let's get you active as soon as possible. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I come up to visit you, Derek, now I'm on the yeah, radio. Yeah, I, I saw you walking past and I had to <laughs> nab you and pull you in. Yeah, no, well, there you go. You, th you helped me out with the community announcements today as well, which is all about health and well-being, you know, and a lot of the stuff that's going on locally, which you have a good uh, eye on as well, so you know what's going on. Yeah, I'm really excited, and as I say, I'm, I'm enjoying um, I'm enjoying the training so far, and I'm excited about it. There's a whole load of skills that I'm hoping to learn. Um, you'll know, Derek, you've been working here for years. Um, just like the computer libraries and editing and, and interviewing and presenting. So. It's quite scary, but I'm also excited and I'm looking forward to the challenge. And I think I'm looking forward to it more because it's in my community. It's sharing with the community um, and it's just involving, engaging more as well with the groups and sharing um, people's life experiences and different things. So very excited, very excited. And thank you for bringing me in here because I probably <laughs> wouldn't have come in. <laughs> and it may be daunting, but it's all very easy. Even I can do it. Oh, you're an expert, Derek. You yeah. undervalue yourself. You're an expert. And can I thank the community and, you know, on behalf of the community, thank you for um, the rich experiences that you've provided through this radio station because you have brought in a lot of groups. Uh, yeah, lots and lots and lots of different musicians promoting uh, local 
people, local musicians, and all the interviews you've had, and all the interviews that you've given Campus Land Community Council and all the other groups. So thank you very much for right. that. Right, here's that fiver then. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Now, on a Wednesday here, you'll catch Jamie Heaney with his uh, Jamie Heaney show, and this is the kind of thing he's likely to be playing, so if you enjoy this, you should be listening to Jamie on a Wednesday from 7 to 9. This is Demi McMahon, and this is Make Love Not War. Lunchtime on Cam Glen Radio. Yeah. 
Stay tuned for the information station there when all your local community news. I'm going to close the show with Starless, which features Phil Campbell, and this is your beautiful single. These drunken times need some sympathy. They're just a city in lies, but they look like stars to me. Can't you see? You know I'm taking the smooth. I'll take the rough I'll take everything But it still won't be enough Not without your love I thought I heard you calling I could feel the sun again But now the veil has fallen It's hitting me 
I believe. 